You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 63, 11 New Year's Resolutions for Actors. Let's get started. Oh, yeah. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra here. Welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Hey, hey, hope you don't mind, but we have another special guest today, guest hosting the podcast. Welcome, Colin Sanderson. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey. That was cute. Your intro, your intros are so funny. <laughs> I just it's, have to laugh. It's always just like, and everyone welcome Colin Sanderson, and he's like, "Hi." <laughs> just like, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, if you want to know more about Colin, go to colinsanderson.com. Colin-Sanderson.com. Oh, and she don't close, ever everyone. take me for my word ever again. I am a liar. Um, Colin whoa colin dash sanderson and i can't speak either so i believe in this you. will be the end of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so great um colin dash sanderson.com or at colin sanderson underscore official oh and neither of us can speak this is gonna be a really <laughs> excellent episode today we're talking about something kind of fun kind of serious i held a poll shocker i hold a lot of polls on instagram mm-hmm. but i held another poll on instagram Asking you guys what your resolutions are going to be for the upcoming new year. And as we enter a brand new decade, the Roaring Twenties. Oh my. (laughs) Makes it sound a lot more fun than it actually will be. Yeah, yeah. The Great Gatsby will be there. hmm. Will be in attendance. Um, Yeah, as we enter a brand new decade... I feel like it's important to reflect on this past decade and also to set goals for yourself, to set new intentions, new vibrations. Yes, new vibrations. That was nice. I like that. Thank you. It's <laughs> way cooler than mine. New <laughs> goals. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to read out loud some of, as promised, some of your responses. You'd be surprised at the amount of duplicates that I received. And it's always interesting when I hold these types of polls on Instagram because I am always shocked by how many of you think exactly the same. Whether you know it or not, I mean, when you get down to the heart of an artist, we are way more similar than you think. And even though this industry can be totally competitive and feeling cutthroat but we're all going through the same thing yeah we're all going through the same thing we all have the same goals we're all in this together we are all in it together stand strong thank you for that one (laughs) that was a great pep talk 
Um, bet you didn't think you were going to come to the After Aesthetic Podcast for a pep talk from Colin-Sanderson.com, but you just did. No, I have to listen to my own advice sometimes. <sighs> Ain't that the truth, though? Yeah. Wow. I often find myself talking to you guys, and then I have to listen back to my own voice to set the same intentions for myself. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to say this stuff. It's really, really easy to say it to you because... You know, I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm thinking about what I want to say to you guys, but when it comes down to it, it's really hard to put it into motion. Yeah, to practice what you preach. Yeah. So I'm definitely in it with you guys. I know Colin is too. So let's get down to it. First one we have is a New Year's resolution for 2020 is to exercise more in order to build stamina for fighting slash dancing. How important is exercise, Colin? So important. And why? Because this, it, and it doesn't even it doesn't even matter if you're a dancer or not. Just this career is so physical, whether it be <clears throat> just stamina to get through a show, um, if it's emotionally, physically um, challenging, whether that be story wise, um, the costumes you have to wear. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did Little Mermaid last year. And I didn't dance at all in that show, but because I played an eel and I had a really heavy headpiece mm-hmm. mohawk thing that I had to wear, my body hurt. It was always important for him to exercise, to warm up beforehand. I did a 45-minute warm-up, you guys, <laughs> before the eel. show to play an eel. To play an eel. Yeah, and when it comes to stamina, exercise could not be more important. I do remember when I was getting ready for college auditions for the college audition process i ran on the treadmill almost every single day Mm. and i watched (laughs) stupid do you know this i watched the movie version of chicago Mm. over and over and over again anytime i ran i don't know why it's really it's really invigorating it's it's (laughs) (laughs) to watch chicago yes it's really motivating because everyone Mm. looks fantastic Mm -hmm. and they wear these like beautiful like sexy costumes and it like makes you want to move you're like i'm running and i'm one day going to look like yes i'm like going to happen i will look like renee zellweger like it (laughs) will happen uh yeah but whether whether or not you're dancing in a show or not um as a dancer i also feel like it's so much sometimes even more important to just strengthen your body sometimes just going to class and building those foundations isn't actually going to strengthen the muscles that need to be strengthened. Um, I learned a few years ago that just because I was a really great dancer, that didn't necessarily mean that my body was strong, Mm. um, which ended up causing a lot of injury. So not only is it important to like keep up with your technique, but it's also important to aid in your body's strength and what you're asking it to do by going to the gym, doing PT exercises, strengthening your legs, your glutes, your abs, so that your body um, can withstand a long-running show and what you put it through. Mm. I love that. Moving on to another resolution I saw a lot coming from you guys was to find strategies to de-stress like to decompress after the day or to decompress after an audition especially or a day of auditions I know I'm still looking for that kind of stuff 
Um, I always talk about January through March, but like straight up, it is crazy in New York City when it comes to auditions. I don't know about the other cities, but for sure, New York is wild. And it's fun because you can take advantage of the opportunity, but at the same time, it's really stressful if you let it get to you. Do you have any tips or advice for de-stressing after auditions? Yeah. So if you're anything like me, um, you definitely need your alone time. Mm. Um, I learned that kind of in the past couple of months um, where I need to like just be by myself watching TV, not doing anything, turning off my brain. Um, that's a form of me de-stressing. Um, other forms of me de-stressing are hanging out with Maggie. Mm. <laughs> um, and also for me, yoga is a huge part of that. Um, I recently took a yoga class last week and after it was done, I was like, man, why do I not do this every single week? Um, because I just felt so calm afterwards. Uh, yeah. yes, I love hot yoga and I love going to core power cause I feel like I really get a really good workout in, but it, I, there's also a, a meditative, um, aspect to yoga and, um, a, there's like a reflection that you also go through while you're doing that form of exercise and, um, that form of like working with your body. Um, that is very therapeutic to me. So if you love yoga, I recommend doing it more. Um, and I will definitely be doing it more often this coming audition season. Totally. As I was looking, I was, as I was scrolling through some of your responses, this one really stood out to me. Um, one of my followers wrote that one of her resolutions for 2020 is to do something every day that gets me closer to Glinda. So Mm. I imagine she's saying, you know, Glinda is a dream role of hers Mm -hmm. in Wicked and she is not giving up. That she's going to do something every single day or week or month that's going to bring her a little bit closer to getting that role. Good for you. I admire right? that so much. That is, I think that's a great way. An of amazing it. goal. Um, and I like that she said do some do something every day. So like that could be small or big. That yeah. could be, I'm just gonna sing through this song, mm-hmm. or that could be. Um, I'm going to write a whole character analysis today and like what my, who my Glinda is. Yeah. Um, it can be, it can be as big as going to a literal open call or audition for yeah, Glinda. It could, yeah. It can be as small as listening to a song on the soundtrack mm-hmm. or making a, a vision board or dream board of, you know, past Glinda's or their outfits or, you know, stuff that helps you further your character study. Yeah, yeah. It can be figuring out new material to sing for your auditions or doing your research on the show and the history of the show. Mm, Who casts it? Who haven't you been in front of yet? Yeah. And it can be more often than not, there are now classes, especially in New York City, that they offer catered to actors who are interested in specific shows specific musicals and one of them is wicked i know at the growing studio they hold specific classes like dear evan hansen and mean girls which we were both involved in and they definitely have a wicked series now Mm -hmm. through those classes you get to meet with the resident director 
maybe the associate director of the show or the associate music director or the conductor, someone who's involved in the process of creating Wicked Mm -hmm. that can help you get one step further. It's not a casting opportunity or... No, but it's a way for you to to work on the material Mm -hmm. and find out specifically what they're looking for in a safe setting um, and to just start building a relationship it mean it's they say it's not going to get you cast yeah <laughs> um but it's a great way to just work on the material and get feedback and um kind of be able to get information that you may not be able to get because you're not behind the table if you really have your sights set on a specific role i think if anything if you're not willing to invest just yet on a class like that to just get up and perform that material whether it's and outside of your room because the comfort of your room is one thing but like going and practicing in a studio or going to someone's house and singing in front of them or someone's apartment or you know whatever or taking another master class has nothing to do with the show and just getting up and performing that material in front of people it helps prepare you for the the reality mm-hmm. of the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. It helps prepare you mentally, physically. It helps kind of bring the adrenaline back to what would actually, you know, what would actually occur in an audition room. Yeah. Um, it sets up the setting so that you're already prepared for that if hopefully you get an audition appointment or callback for that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love how she put that. That was really nice. Yeah. I'd say the same thing for myself. Um, okay. Another one, this is interesting, because often we are told in this industry to say yes to everything and be open to everything. But one of my followers says that her resolution for 2020 is to be able to say no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Why are you resonating with this so hard? Because this past audition season, Mm -hmm. I just moved to new york at the end of february i moved here like february 23rd okay and i was like i'm going to everything and obviously it was stuff that i was right for Mm -hmm. um i didn't like go in for like five guys named mo (laughs) or your name's not mo i'm so um or like the color purple but i went in for everything that i was right for Mm -hmm. but because I was trying to go to everything and I went to like 10, 11 auditions a week in the, in the midst of March, um, I got really run down and then ended up getting extremely sick. I really appreciate her saying that because it's smart. It's a smart and also hard thing to do to say no to opportunities, but it's important to know your limits. Yes. And to know what opportunities to say yes to and what opportunities to say no to because they might not be a great opportunity or you just don't have the energy or um, you're not going to put your best foot forward because you've basically like burnt yourself out because you've said yes to too many things. Do you think after this past year you have solidified what your boundaries are, what your limits are in regards to auditioning? Um, are you still figuring it out? I don't think I have like a set number or like of um, 
this is this is my limit of how many auditions I'm going to go on in one week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's more so listening to my body and understanding what it needs. And if I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm really tired and I need to sleep. Totally. So I can get through the rest of the week and not feel like I'm going to get sick because totally. I'm running my body down. Um, for me, I think it's more so just listening to my body physically and also mentally and just take care of my health that way Mm -hmm. because when I don't feel like I'm physically and emotionally in a good and healthy place I'm not gonna put my best foot forward in an audition totally I agree now on on the opposite end of that I have a couple of you now who are saying that your resolution, one of your biggest resolutions in 2020 is to get yourself out to more auditions. And this is something that I have always preached, you know, if you're new to the industry or if you're new to a certain city and you want to get your foot in the door, the best way to do so is to show up to auditions. So, It just shows that some of you are in different places now where maybe you went to a ton of auditions in a year and now you're starting to figure out your groove, what worked, what didn't work, how many auditions you can feasibly go to that will end up being successful for you, blah, blah, blah. And some of you are on the other end of that, which sounds like you want to get yourself out more and you want to get into more rooms. Um, and maybe you haven't gotten into a lot of rooms yet because you didn't feel prepared or you just got out of college and this is your first opportunity to really audition in a big city or you were fearful. You were fearful of showing up and I'm not surprised. I've spoken to so, I've even been there. I've spoken to so many actors and actresses that, love to perform but when it comes to auditions there's so much fear behind it because there's the fear of failure there's the fear of not doing the right thing when it comes to like the technicalities of auditions especially for those equity auditions like epas and eccs and of course i'm here to help you with that so you know a lot of the earlier episodes that i have on the actor aesthetic podcast really go into depth on the the rules and regularities of regularities regulations oh my gosh colin slap me you're doing great really struggling regulations of actors equity auditions epas eccs so that you can get past that um but all props to you if you're in a place now where you feel good and ready you know hit the ground running you're going to find through trial and error what works for you and what doesn't, but you won't know until you try it. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would just keep in mind that audition season is really crazy. There's going to be a lot of auditions happening. Yeah. Um, like 20 auditions in one week. And if, especially if you're non-equity or EMC, it's going to be harder to be seen. So I would recommend going to those auditions where you know you are right for the show. Totally, totally. Where there is a specific character and you know you fit within that type and within that show because that's going to be more respectful of your time um, and uh, and your talent. 
you're not mm. gonna you're not gonna be wasting your way at, a, at an audition that you may not be right for there you go yeah that's real uh i love this one because it feels like a throwback to me now it makes me feel so old um one of my followers says that her resolution for 2020 is to successfully audition for college in 2020 mm. um what would you consider when it boils down to it what would you consider a successful audition for college Wow, I've never answered that before. Um, I I know. I feel like it's the same as any audition. Um, Yeah. What would you consider a successful audition then? I would say uh, going in, showing them who you are, um, and seeing pieces that you love and have monologues that you love because that's going to show the that's going to show the the um creative team creative team within or i guess for college the professors the, the, the faculty, the faculty. <laughs> i was yeah. like what's the word for it oh in college uh the faculty who you are cuz really that's who that's oh my who gosh, they're yeah. looking for they're, they're if you're auditioning for the four year programs which more often than not you are you're auditioning in front of people who are judging you based on if they want to spend the next four years with you or not. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always come down to that, but that's a really big portion of their quote unquote judgment process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think a successful audition in the professional world is really the same thing as a successful audition in when it comes to college auditions. Mm -hmm. It's just singing and performing materially you love and know like the back of your hand, which Mm -hmm. I stress so much. Mm Um, because again, adrenaline can get to you, nerves can get to you, dry mouth and like, oh my gosh, all of the things. But if you're singing stuff that you love, that you know, like the back of your hand, you really can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, I would think about a successful audition, less of whether or not you got into the program, but more of how you felt at the end of the day after that audition. How did you feel after you performed that music? And also keep in mind the vibe you got from the faculty that you were auditioning for. That's you are equally... auditioning them just as much as they are auditioning you. Yeah, because that's really important because there were some schools that You're I like, got into and they gave me a really weird vibe in the room and mm-hmm. that was part of my decision making to like not accept the offer. Totally. So to all of you who are getting ready for college auditions, bless you. I know that this is a very, very stressful time of your life. I know that most of you are graduating high school and you're thinking about maybe moving far away from home. And this might be the first time you're ever going to be independent from your family. Um, Regardless, though, remember, I say this all the time, but you will end up where you belong. And trust that. Trust the process. Next we have... Hmm. This is a good one. This is a feasible one. One of my followers says that her resolution for this upcoming year is to get an agent oh 
that's mine too. Preach. That's Preach. one of my uh, one of my goals. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I actually have a couple of people who said the same thing. Yeah, it's hard, folks. It's hard out there for a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say um, is the most difficult thing about getting an agent? Um, the biggest obstacle you you faced so far. Thus far. Yeah, that's hard. Um. You guys, I've been trying to get an agent for the past four to five years. That's how long I've been trying to get an agent. Um, Mind you, he's only been in the New York market now for less than a year, but Chicago is a completely different market. Yeah. Um, I guess the hardest part is is first getting an appointment for like an interview. Totally. Totally. Um I did like self-submissions a lot. I talked to friends who worked at agencies. Um, it's really hard just getting your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times agencies will only take referrals. Okay. Um, another thing that I found was a struggle was was um, having the agency see you the way you see yourself. Hmm. So when I say that, I mean you need to be so specific on what your type is, the roles you play, and what projects you should be going in for. Because you need to know you need to know that information as specifically as the agents do. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on the same page, it's, it's not, not a good matchup. Good. It is not a good matchup. Um, and they're trying to make they they're trying to make money. Yeah. Um, it's all a business. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely difficult to get an agent. How would you say, have you approached submitting? You said you self-submitted to different agencies. I self-submitted to different agencies. I, um, talked to friends at agencies, um, kind of, uh, name dropped a lot in my submissions. How did you submit? Snail mail? Email? Both? Both. Both and also some agencies, particularly in New York, have like a, a portal on their website cool. where you submit through their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in this new year, I'm going to be doing more referral based, Smart. like talking to friends and having them submit my stuff mm-hmm. because a lot of pe- a lot of agents will, from what I hear, will trust their current clientele like oh you need to see this guy mm-hmm. um rather than just getting like a random submission totally but if there's already a built relationship that that already um builds a foundation of trust yeah totally uh another resolution that i see quite a lot from you is to continue focusing on building your confidence in auditions this is also one of the biggest questions that i get in my DMs on Instagram, which is how do I build my confidence in singing auditions, dance auditions, auditioning in general, like how do I build my confidence? I think for me, the biggest tip I could give you is to just audition like your life depends on it because the more you get yourself out there, the easier it will become to do so. Uh, and this is simply because of, I like to attribute it to muscle memory, just like 
you know, if you're a soccer player and you're constantly practicing drills, well, obviously you're going to get better at those specific drills the more you practice them. Just like if you're practicing sprints or if you're practicing anything in sports, if you're doing something at the gym, you're going to get stronger. It's going to get easier. And a lot of it has to do with muscle memory. Think about any time you've ever like taken a tap class, Colin, and how many times did you have to do something until finally you were like, yes, that's it. And you oh. never had to think about it again. You know, <laughs> A long time. Right? I've, I've, that's happened to me so much, especially in tap, because it, it really takes so much muscle memory mm-hmm. where, you know, you're learning a combination and something is really tripping you up. And the more times you do it, you start slow mm-hmm. and you build it faster and faster. And if you start breaking, if you start, you know, manipul- manipulating your feet in a way that's not the sound, then you start over and you mm-hmm. start slow. Yeah. And you go faster and faster and faster until you can do it. And you don't even need to think about it. Mm -hmm. And when it comes time to doing it in the combination, you do it. It sounds great, Mm -hmm. looks great, and you don't have to worry about it. That's because of muscle memory. Same thing with when it comes to auditions. The more times you get your face in there, get your foot in the door, and show up and audition, especially if you're working on building your confidence, the more confident you are most likely to become. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think it's also important to to plan out exactly how you're going to walk into the room, how you're going to talk to the accompanist, how you're going to uh, basically mark your sheet music, uh, and then also think about any outliers, like what happens if the team isn't looking at me, or if the pianist starts playing my song wrong and it sounds completely different, like kind of... Think about all the scenario. Prepare for all the unknowns. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Prepare for all the all of the unknowns, and how you'll respond to each unknown, um, because then you'll you'll have a plan in place, Mm -hmm. and you won't kind of go into like a fight or flight mode, and and nerves won't take over. And the more times you do this, like the more times you go to auditions, the less you're going to have to worry about that kind of stuff because you'll either. Be, find yourself in certain situations that you prepared for, or you'll start to find yourself seeing and experiencing new things in the audition room that you didn't prepare for, but the more times you audition, the more comfortable you're going to be, the more confident you're going to be, the easier it will be for you to just let those things kind of slide off your back mm-hmm. and continue with your audition. Another resolution I see is to become an EMC. Hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. That is. That's a really good resolution. It's feasible. It's difficult, but it's it's doable. Mm-hmm. And it really gets you to the next step of becoming a professional working paid actor. Mm-hmm. So I've talked to you guys a couple of times about how to join Actors' Equity and what that even means. But Actors' Equity, long story short, is the union for stage actors and stage managers. There are three ways that you can join the union, and one of them is to join through the EMC program, which stands for the Equity Membership Candidate Program. Right now, 
All you need are 25 points to join equity, which means you need to have worked 25 weeks. They don't have to be consecutive, just as long as you work 25 weeks at any qualifying equity house that gives you EMC points. I will link in the description for today's podcast the list of theaters that exist right now in the United States that offer the EMC program. I think this is a really important list to take a look at if you are interested in either joining the EMC program or if you're interested in getting more points through the EMC program. Check out these theaters. A lot of them will be having auditions in January, February, March in New York City, as well as at a couple of summer summer stock conferences mm-hmm. like SETC, NETC, Straw Hats, A1s, Updas, you name it. They'll probably be there. And if you look further into some of those theaters, if you go to their websites specifically, which are also listed in this PDF, which is amazing, they sometimes accept video submissions directly to them. So if you are non-equity or EMC and looking into getting more points through the EMC program, definitely check that out. Love this one. This one comes from one of my followers. She says, her New Year's resolution is to drop comparison. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. She hit me hard with that one. Oh. You know, that's hard. To drop comparison? Yeah. Why? Because I think you'll always be comparing yourself to others, but I think the it's just natural. It's just gonna happen yeah, in this in industry. Any industry too. And but... in any industry, the I think the goal is actually to not let it affect you. Yeah. And bring you down and discourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like if I have a friend who books a show. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe the same show that I auditioned for. <laughs> yeah. I am always extremely excited for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so happy for them that they booked it. And I just have to tell myself, you know, that it wasn't meant to, meant to be. And there will be personal. another, there'll be no, there'll be another opportunity awaiting for me um, yeah. down the line. Um, but you just have to be happy for your friends and colleagues for their successes. Um, Someone else's success does not mean your failure. Yes. Cannot repeat that enough. And I know a lot, I know a lot of people think that way Um, or it like just gets to you, but it's so not true. It's so not true. And even though I love social media so much, I think it's so incredible. It's an incredible tool for connection, for business, everything. It can definitely foster comparison. It can foster jealousy. I myself have become a little bit more selective with who I'm following, specifically on Instagram, because, believe it or not, I deal with this as well. Hmm. I'm looking at Colin with like some weird face. He's not getting it. <laughs> I'm, it's okay. Um, yeah, I actually had to unfollow someone and it wasn't because like they seem like a, an amazing person, but I actually had to recently unfollow someone just because, I don't know, for whatever reason, anytime they posted, I would get anxious or I would get hmm. sad about my career. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. But it 
it isn't at the same time. So obviously don't unfollow actor aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly can if you want though. It's okay. I I really take no offense. But um, you know, if you have to do that for yourself, do it for yourself. At the end of the day, like Yeah, take care of yourself. Take care and of if, yourself. If social media is getting to you or if there's a particular person you're following that is discouraging you Mm -hmm. um and that might not be that they're posting anything bad it just means um that you're just having a hard time with the idea of comparing of comparison um then just like snip that negative energy and Mm -hmm. and don't let it get it to you Mm -hmm. um and do everything you can to to prevent negative energy or comparison affecting you totally We'll end it with my favorite of all favorites. Uh, This comes from a dear friend, dear student, dear follower of mine. She said that her New Year's resolution is to, drumroll please, stop trying to be perfect. (laughs) And a tear rolled down Colin's cheek. But, like, honestly. Oh, that's... I'm just saying that we've... Colin and I have had many a conversation about how his ultimate goal is to stop trying for perfection. Yeah. It's unattainable. It is. It really is. It makes no sense when you think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. And it's so draining. It's very draining. And causes me a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. And I know and a lot so of you deal it. with this. Especially when it comes to performing. College auditions, auditions, performing in a show. Like, you want every single time that you get up on stage or you go into an audition to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. If I ever walked out, I used to, like, go to a ton of auditions. And there came a point where anytime I walked out of an audition and I wasn't perfect, I would beat the crap out of myself because I was like I'm better than this why didn't it go perfect why was I off with the pianist I practiced my song so many times why did I sound sick oh my gosh there are so many unknowns like we Mm -hmm. can't we are human yeah we are human beings there is a lot of room for human error especially in something as subjective as theater what do you have to say for yourself Colin (laughs) um no i totally feel that and Mm. that really hits home for me um i am a perfectionist at heart and it's draining it's really really draining um emotionally and physically and i recently learned that it's also not necessarily the most interesting yeah that's true like if someone's perfect then there's like no it's not exciting it's to not watch. exciting to watch it's not um you don't really want to get to know the person more because it's just like oh okay they're like perfect you know what's, like <laughs> you know what's interesting too is you ever like watch someone on stage i mean i can think of specifically like in dear evan hansen where there are a couple of moments in the show where people actors it's almost as if they break character because they're not sounding perfect on some of the notes they sing because they're under like extreme emotional distress Mm -hmm. um it is so much more exciting to watch that yeah it's perfection 
prohibits the ability to be vulnerable. Totally. And vulnerability is like the heart, like of... The heart of what makes us human. And, and, this, and the industry. And, and the theater. industry and theater. And watching vulnerability and watching someone be authentic and emotional and open their open themselves up is what makes her performance beautiful mm. and intriguing and um, and captivating. Yeah. So don't be perfect. I don't know about you guys, but I, I mean, I, I definitely, from experience, so I worked a couple of years with a casting director and I was often able to sit in on auditions. And gosh, I found it so much more exciting to watch someone mess up their words or crack and like see how they navigated through that because that's going to happen in performances. It's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. I don't know a single person. I've never, you know, there are always videos floating around of some actor that you love, like cracking on, on a note one day in a show. Well, yeah, because they do the show eight times a week if they're on Broadway And like, oh my gosh, there's so much room for human error. It is so much more exciting to watch that and to see how you can navigate through that than to be perfect because when it comes down to it, creative teams want to work with humans. They don't want to work with robots. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Colin messed up his words the other day in an audition and still got a callback. Yeah. I sounded like complete booty. <laughs> at an audition last year, and I got to a final callbacks, if I do say so myself. I sounded like actual booty. I remember that. Like, I had to stop and start over many a time. Yeah, did you say Like, three? twice, I think, twice. Twice? I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like bright red. Like, I was so, like, so pissed at myself. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh my gosh, I remember that. And like, how embarrassing was it? But like, walked out of there thinking I ruined that. I'm going to lose my agents. Like mm-hmm. I'm a disaster. No one's going to want like this created this casting director for sure is never going to call me in again because how embarrassing was it for him? Like lol. Lol to all of that. It's not like I actually can think of many more times that I was called back actually went after not having the best audition. Mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking now to a couple of times where I've either gotten a gotten the role or been called back for something after an audition like, where I was like, it was yeah, okay, it was I okay. guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then you book it. And you're it like, happened oh. to me in another time too at the, um, for a reading for something. I didn't get the role, but I got real close. I thought I did, but I thought I did after I had a great, great final callback for it, but mm-hmm. not after like my first audition. I was like, and that blew. <laughs> <laughs> You just never know. Good things come when you least expect them Mm -hmm. and might as well strive for consistency than perfection. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Spitting bars today, if I do say so. Bars? Myself. Yeah. Yeah. Spit the bar. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) it's been just a fantastic 45 minutes with y'all. I I really do appreciate your feedback on Instagram. If you don't already follow me, head on over to at Actor Aesthetic or follow Colin at Colin Sanderson Official because he's very official. Um, <laughs> thank you to Colin for joining me today. And 
guest hosting the podcast. Thanks for having me. Aw, he's so cute. He's so sweet. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week, a wonderful holiday, and we'll see you next time. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, share it to your Instagram story, and tag at Actor Aesthetic, because I love to see who's following along with me there. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week. Bye.